I believe there's a hero in all of us. You have great powers, only some of which you have yet discovered. I'm a superhero, Mama. A real-life superhero. The world needs extraordinary. We will make you a superhero. Are you ready to become a hero? Initiating surprise in three. This two is one. The Real Brian Show. I'm back, suckers. I'm going to take over this show, The Real Brian Show. <laughs> <laughs> More like the realness ice show. Come on, y'all. I'm going to rock your eardrums, blow your minds, because what I've got today is a game we're going to play, and it's guaranteed to change your life. Okay, well, maybe you'll laugh and smile and or something. Let's rock it. I'm not really sure how to take all that because I'm sitting here thinking, uh, hey, this is the real Brian show, but no, no, you know, this ice show. I invite you on and, uh, you know, you take over and, you know, whatever. It's a total takeover, man. You knew what you were getting into. Well, that's true. Is that- <laughs> I don't think that's ever been in doubt, actually. You know what? Hold on, though. Wait, wait, wait. One thing I can control is that it's Friday. Thank God it's Friday. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wait, wait. Thank God. Should I put this in my uh, Spotify mix so that people can join it at any time and listen to this song? Um, I am going to say no. Okay, I'm going to do it then right now. For everyone's sake. Boom, it's in there. Yes. I'm, I'm going to be taking that out. Oh, <laughs> and it's gone. <laughs> Dang it. That's true. You do have. Uh, it is a collaborative list. Should I, should I tell people that it's in a collaborative list? Is that wise? I, I, I think you just did. Dang it. Maybe nobody knows what that means. Now you've asked for it. Yeah, yeah. Some all of a sudden there's gonna be Barry Manilow in there. Oh, you know it. I was actually just listening to something Barry Manilow. <laughs> How did you choose Barry Manilow? Because <laughs> you knew I was listening, didn't you? <laughs> I was literally well, oh, so there's this there's this communications platform. I was just telling you about this called Discord. It's for gamers, it's replaced TeamSpeak. I think it's actually better than Skype right now. And I'm thinking about using it for podcasting, but there's this little thing on there called Rhythmbot. So you can, you know, do like play whatever song you want and everybody's, you know, playing rock music during game night and I sneak in a little Barry Manilow, Mandy. <laughs> oh yeah. And everyone's like, oh, what the, yeah. <laughs> you can't deny it's not a good song. I mean that it is a good, wait, too many negative, too, too many, dog- it's a great song. Let's go with that. Which song you can't you deny to? that it's not, isn't you can't deny uh, that it's not, uh, isn't a great song. Uh, yeah. I was listening to It's Not For Me To Say mm. You Love Me, something like that. I don't know the words actually, but I was listening to a cover of the song and I was like, who was the original person who sang the song? And so then that's why I listened to the Barry Manilow version because I think he was the original. Which one did you like better? That's very hard because the the cover I was listening to was by She and Him, which is probably oh. one of my favorite bands. I like them. And I just love Zoe Deschanel's voice. Yeah. It's not like I grew up with Barry Manilow, so he holds like some, you know, precious place in my heart. But <laughs> but it's it's a classic. It's almost criminal to say that you like something better than the classic version. But well, I wouldn't go that far. There are some no. remakes I like better. For a cover of a song, it is really good. But I've been listening to all sorts of funny music this week. I've been on a Hank Williams trip. Wow. <laughs> Ernest Tubb. 
That was oh, another yeah. one. Old ragtime, yeah, classic country music. It's not, and it's not like pop country. It's it's the real country. See, and I'll, okay, you know how much everybody knows this. I'm not a fan <laughs> of country. However, what? I can handle classic Western style music. Mm-hmm. And by Western, it's like you know cowboy. That's actually pretty cool stuff. Like Charlie Daniels. That's some cool stuff. Oh yeah. You know, speaking of of music, Spotify is finally doing edited versions of songs, which is crazy. Really? Instead of just like explicit. Yeah. You mean because there okay. are some songs that I absolutely love, like you know, oh Lordy Lord, you know her sober song. She's famous for Royals. Royals. Yeah, okay. that was her first real big hit, and then she's done a bunch of other stuff. But anyway, she's got some great music. I like her style. I like her her voice. Uh, Buzz Cut Seasons, another one I really am a big fan of, and then Green Light's pretty good. Homemade Dynamite's really good. Sober is kind of the newer one that I like, but it's explicit, you know. And it's it's one of those things where you know, not safe for other ears, sort of thing, if you want to call it that. I've been looking for edited songs, and Spotify never does them until recently. All of a sudden, edited version, radio version, yes. Oh, oh so I'm so excited! They're finally using that because. You know, when, when when you don't want to hear the F word, although this, see, what's really funny is, you know, that song move beep, get out the way, get out the way, whoosh, you know, that song, the edited version of that song so much funnier. The, <laughs> the one by Ludacris. The only Ludacris song I know is from the, the opening credits of fast and the furious too fast no, too furious from Madden football. Yeah. I should know. I, I only never remember what version it is because it comes up at the end of the rap. It's like, Man, get out my way and watch out as I come through. I'm busting in your line, cracking helmets in two. I bring the pain of what you're going through. So stay in there and just get shook out to sue. So clean out your locker. I'm out to get you. I just bopped you. You can't take the pressure. You might as well quit because you just can't lie. Man 2000 puts your face in the grass. Dude, there we, it don't, is. Man we don't 2000. need ludicrous. We need the real Miss Ice. <laughs> Ooh. I'm I'm like yeah. the worst singer and I'm even a worse rapper. So I apologize for that. But I had to get to which version of Madden it was. It's in oh the lyrics. Gosh. You know, when somebody's trying to remember your name and they're like, would you state your name for the court? And the guy's sitting there and he's like waving his arms uh, and he's looking up and, you know, and he's like Sheldon. And then the guy, you know, the DA is going, what is what does all this mean? And he's like, happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Sheldon. That's how he remembered his own name. <laughs> you had to sing the birthday song. <laughs> is this head, a real story or did you just make this up? <laughs> no, it's a real story. <laughs> it's from a movie. Oh, isn't okay. everything from a movie? <laughs> That's true. I should have known better. Yeah. So speaking of ludicrous though, going back okay. to him, speaking of ludicrous, there's a dude on Colorado state basketball men's team that looks just like ludicrous. So if you ever want to look up, you know, CSU men's basketball, Colorado State, look up J.D. Page, put J.D. Page's picture right next to Ludacris, and there you go. Brothers. Brothers. Brother from another mother. Yeah, dude. It's because we've been watching so much basketball, you know, in person. Yeah, I got a picture from you guys the other day. Court, you guys got pretty good seats there. Yes. It's like the sweet spot between, you know, having to spend a fortune on tickets and actually still getting them from pretty cheap, but still having good tickets. We have the first row of our it's it's an upper section, but it's the first row of the upper section so we can stretch out. Yeah, it's fun. I love going to games. Oh, my gosh. I forget how much I forgot how much I loved those because we used to go to them years, years back and we just didn't kind of stop going for whatever reason. Have so much fun Mm -hmm. and the crowd was crazy. So we watched Fresno State, which was actually my parents alma mater. 
They were a great team and uh, they won, unfortunately, but it was one of those intense games, you know, went to overtime kind of thing. It's just fun to see that level of play. Mm -hmm. You don't see Mm -hmm. that in the NBA as much anymore until you get to the finals. Not all. I mean, sometimes you do. Well, they just play so many games. Well, and it's about money and it's just like, yeah, you know, but in college, man, they're trying, they're trying to get, trying to get signed with the NBA. You know, they're trying to do stuff. It's cool. Yeah. It's fun to see. You know, I used to, I used to have that perspective too. And the only thing that has changed my mind about it and where, where I've actually started enjoying pro sports or pro basketball a little bit more than college basketball is just all of the recruiting that goes into it. And it's not like I don't think kids should just go where they want to go or go where they think that they can be most effective or will the, where they'll fit in the best. But I don't know if there's just something really funny about the way college sports work and that they, they go find the best kids all around the nation and then bring them away from their hometown for them to play for a specific school. And that's fine. I, you know, no problem with that. It's just, it's just like not a very accurate representation of where the talent is in the, in the nation, like where high school sports would be, but then you get to, you get to pro sports and you expect that sort of thing. You expect for them to be purchased. Like you play for us. We, we come up with this contract. You, we will give you X amount of money and you will come play here. <laughs> and the same sort of thing is happening in college sports. It's just not celebrated in the same way because most of what they're doing is illegal. <laughs> I know. You know, it's so funny. I was watching a documentary on Netflix about this and I never finished it, but I got about halfway through and they were talking about how college sports is essentially indentured servitude. Right. I was like, wait, what? Because, you know, the players don't get paid. Well, they're not supposed to. They're not supposed to. But I mean, come on. Well, they get a free scholarship. They get free. Yeah. I mean, they get paid in that sense. They get paid versus like a barter system. At at that stage in your life, having not to pay for school or or basically anything is basically getting paid. Yeah, but I mean, let's be honest. It's still not actual exchange of money. It's an exchange of service. So it's still not getting paid a salary or whatever. Um, sure. But I mean, you're right. There is sure. still some kind of, it's so funny. Cause you know, I, I mentioned that we watched last chance you on Netflix. We finally finished mm-hmm. both the seasons of that coming back for a third one. That was really interesting because, and I'm, I'm not going to give anything away in case anybody's watching it or wanting to, cause it's a really good show, but it is a documentary about a real team in the uh, United States. It's actually community college but it's like a recruiting ground for players who were in, you know, regular college who had to jump down. Well, they got kicked out for whatever reason. They made mistakes. Um, they got kicked out of school. And so they went down to Juco to junior college and, you know, had a chance to kind of fix themselves up and get their grades up, you know, and kind of get themselves back on the right track so they could go back to, you know, like a division one college, for example. And so what was very interesting is, Granted, you know, it's TV They're They're dramatizing everything. But some of the players just had the worst attitudes in the world and had no consequences for their actions and still got picked up by a division one college. And I was just like, that's not right, you know, and then on the other ones who made a big mistake, but really redeemed themselves, worked their butts off, man, they were like the heart of the team and all that got only like a division two offer which isn't as good, of course, for those of you who don't know that, but it's just like, that's not fair. You know, I mean, of course, life's not fair. I know, but I just, I have a problem with that. And that goes back to that other documentary saying that there's so much money in college sports because they don't have to pay the players, you know, millions of dollars a year. They're making a ton of money. The coaches are making a million plus, you know, most of them are anyway. 
Um, of course, all the all the athletic directors and everybody involved with that. There's just a lot of money in college sports. It's really interesting. So much money. Yeah. yeah. And so there is there is. Yeah, you're right. There's a side to that that I kind of step back and go, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. But let's be completely honest. Did the players volunteer to play for the team or not? I mean, as far as we know, I think I think that's more of the problem that I have with it is that there's so much that is so subversive about it. And there are so many things that are revealed every year about recruiting methodologies that are explicitly against NCAA guidelines that, you know, it's, it's just that there's so much more going on than we know about. It's not really fair in my mind to give college sports a pass where we think that pro sports are, are have kind of like given into the monster, you know? Mm. And so, and, and that's totally just a perspective that I've, been kind of developing over the last couple years and part of it is just to be, be okay with watching whatever is on you know like because mm-hmm. it because I used to have that same opinion and I just never watched pro basketball but my, my family is telling me that I'm turning into such a cynic that I, I just like have no faith in no, these, <laughs> these institutions do anymore don't do it. well <laughs> so know. there is a reality to what you're saying because even let, let's take sports from the perspective of how to watch it you know, don't even look at how the players are getting treated. Look at how we are as viewers getting treated. Oh my gosh. And that's yeah. not cool either because, you know, the sports companies are in bed with the cable companies. If you want to watch sports, you're paying for cable. You're not going to be able to watch it on Hulu or Netflix or any of those kind of things. They're never going to allow that. You want to watch, you know, the the football championships. You got to pay for CBS All Access. You want to watch March Madness. You got to pay for CBS All Access, right? You're not going to even get it hardly on the main free network channels anymore. You got to pay money for it because they know people are cutting the cable. I get that sports is business, but when is too far too far? You know what I mean? So I would agree oh, with yeah. you that there's a lot of problems with the sporting industry in general. And yeah. yeah, it's fun to watch. I know people are addicted to it. I don't have any problem with sports. I enjoy watching sports too. You know, basketball essentially. I like hockey. I don't care about football. You know that. I know you love mm-hmm. football. But the reality is, is there is an, a huge, huge fundamental problem with the sports industry. Huge problem in so many mm-hmm. different ways, but nobody cares. It all comes back to money. I mean, exactly. right? I mean, money is the driving force. So whatever we can do to make more of it, no matter who you are or what you're doing, because, you know, then not to even mention all of the, the fan duel stuff that comes out for every single sport. I mean, fantasy football is oh, yeah. actually like a multi-million dollar yeah. It's crazy. Industry, you know, yeah. They have an entire channel dedicated to just analyzing fantasy stats. Oh my gosh. I, okay. So one of my favorite morning shows is good morning football. It's on <laughs> NFL network. It's like three hours and it says four people sitting at a table talking football. I love it. Yeah. They spend just a fraction of their time during football season talking about fantasy, but if they're not replaying a game from the week on NFL network, they're talking about fantasy yeah. football. And I'm just like, yeah, I don't play fantasy football, so I don't yeah. really care. <laughs> I mean, would you consider that gambling or is that a game? Well, it depends. Is it for money or for fun? People would argue that you're having fun and then you get to win money if you do well. Yeah, I would say that there's, that's gambling. Yes, but what? Well, I mean, there's, there's so a little many bit more things in fun. life that are gambling, though. Yeah, I mean, it's I mean, not really. a gamble. The stock like, market is a gamble. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Truth. Truth. It's not it's not gambling in the traditional sense of 
throwing money and crossing your fingers, it, there's a little bit more skill involved, but not a whole lot. Like you, you have to actually know about the players that you're you're starting and assemble a team for that week's game, and then you're you're matched against someone else who you have to know stuff in order to not totally bomb. Well, okay, wouldn't you say the exact same thing about poker though? I guess I like don't know. Poker? I've really never played poker. Oh, so. see, I have, and I love it. It's fun. It's a it's a game, and okay. you have to know your well. You have to know what you're doing in order to beat your opponent, and you also have to watch your opponents. There's some strategy involved. There's luck okay. of the draw. There's all kinds of stuff. But I would say that exactly what you said about fantasy football is exactly okay. the same with poker. Okay, and it's That's still gambling. Fair. So yeah, I mean, but. You can make money gaming if you enter into tournaments. You spend money to play the game. You spend money to enter into the tournaments. You could win money. But, you know, you, if you don't, did you still have fun? So I guess I don't know. I mean, if you're doing it to, like, right. make a living, like, you know, people go to Vegas <laughs> and they're going to throw a bunch of money to hope to win a bunch of money. They're probably going to lose. But if you mm-hmm. go into it with a, I have, you know, a hundred bucks to spend on on whatever in Vegas or a thousand dollars or whatever it is. And if I lose it all, I don't care. I'm having fun. It's not about whether I win anything. It's about the journey and the experience. Who cares, right? But if you're in it to like, I'm going to win, I'm going to win, I'm going to win, well, you're probably going to be very disappointed and probably end up having a some kind of an unhealthy addiction and lose a lot of money doing that. Same right. kind of thing, I think, with fantasy football. Depends on how you approach it. I would agree with that. I would say the majority of the people I know who play fantasy football really just do it as you know something fun to do with friends, yeah. like something to keep you kind of paying attention and keep you interacting. Like my my cousin does it with a lot of his friends that are in Austria. So it's just like a fun way to keep in touch with them, you know, and be able to, I don't know why, but like all of their friends in Austria just love the Vikings. It's just, <laughs> it's so random. <laughs> That's funny. It's so random to me, I should say, but. I heard somebody say once that uh, one of our basic fundamental needs as a human being is to team up with people against an evil. Whatever that evil is, right? So when you team up together and you're you're fighting against, you know, your common enemy, boom, there you go. I, I guess that's what it is. Not just evil. It's the common enemy. I guess that's what you want to call that. Yeah. So that's what sports are so rivalries. <laughs> totally. Totally. I mean, yeah. sports go back so many hundreds or thousands of years, or I don't even know how long it's been. You Millions. Know, they, <laughs> trillions. The the dinosaurs were, were competing long before totally. we ever were. Didn't you Dinosaur see football, y'all. Yeah. Yeah. You've seen the mountains, right? How do you think they got there? This used to be a raptor, but now it's our football. <laughs> <laughs> the T-Rex so, just like landed on this flat rock <laughs> and then it became a mountain. But his arms are too small, so he can't actually pass the ball. Yeah, that's why he's kind of laid the way that he is. You he know, you, you wonder goalie. why <laughs> he's a goalie. I want the T-shirt that has the T-Rex trying to do push-ups. His nose is on the ground and his arms are kind of like flailing, trying to touch the ground to do push-ups. I just want to wear that to the gym. <laughs> Dude, would, I need that. You would be the talk of the, the gym rats. Yeah, you think? Yeah. They'd be looking at you while they're flexing their muscles. Like, dude, mm-hmm. I love your shirt. Yeah. That's awesome. They're like flexing in front of you, you know? <laughs> yeah, check out my physique. Oh, I don't wear shirts. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, I've seen guys like that. It's so funny. So, okay, going back really quickly, would you ever, regardless of your, you, you brought up your cynicism, mm-hmm. your frustrations with sports, would you ever stop watching sports due to those frustrations or cynicisms? I'm just so disappointed with this season of football. There were so many injuries, so many suspensions from bad attitudes that I'm just like, why can't I just give this up? And I realized, you know, 
when it comes down to it, I, I love watching the competition. When you take all of the politics and you take all of the money out of it and you you just like you have two hours of you and two teams going at it. You know, if you turn off all the commentary and just watch. That's when I'm having the most fun, when I'm not listening to the commentary and I don't know any of the extra drama that's going on. But that's never going to happen. You know, I'm mm-hmm. never going to be able to completely remove myself from that. So See, that's hard I don't because know. I don't think anyone will, you know, because I no matter how much everybody sits there and complains about what's going on in, in football or sports or in general or whatever, I don't think people are going to stop watching. I, I think it's yeah. going to keep going. The money's going to still flow, you know? So it's like, there's, I almost feel like there's two options and it kind of goes back to exactly what you just said. We either stop watching, make a statement and do something about it and fight, which of course we'll probably lose, but still it's, you know, it's the principle that counts or you try to forget about it, which like you said is almost impossible and just enjoy the moment and oh well on the rest. I get it. And the reason I'm bringing that up is because you're, you're not becoming cynical. (laughs) I understand the frustrations of life and things going on. And Uh, sometimes you got to look past them and just say, well, is there anything I can do about it? And then you have the choice to say, I'm going to do something about it. Or if there's nothing you can do about it, you either choose to walk away from it or you choose to say, you know, then forget it. I'm just going to enjoy what I enjoy and oh, well to the rest. And if somebody dies, oh, well, right. Well, I mean, the problem, I'm just going to watch the innocent bystander die. (laughs) No, I'm totally (laughs) kidding. (laughs) Heinous. <laughs> that's horrible. Are you, Brian. Are you really horrible, Brian? Yeah, I really am kidding. I, I, have, I, have, I have a good question for you later on in the show. Then is it really a good question though? Yes, it's it's a very good question. Okay. Why is it late? Oh, oh, it's part of this game. It's 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 part of the game we're gonna play. But oh. before we get to that, I just wanted to mention like it's it's not something that I've only noticed in sports. It is definitely a problem with sports. But I mean, if you look at if you look at politics and yeah. how much money every year is funneled into people running for office, you know, just, oh. just to, just to make the machine keep yeah. going. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's insane everywhere you look. Think about how many things you've contributed to that are really only go into a campaign, whether or not that, that individual wins or not. Yeah. I mean, that's disheartening. Not that the person has lost or won, but just like how much money goes into that, totally. that system. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've been noticing this personally on a very intimate level when it comes to the health system recently. Medical is not going in the right direction here in America. There are still sectors of medical that are doing great things, but everything's getting bought out by bigger corporations and all that. And it's being controlled by the pharmaceutical industry. And I'm not saying that as a, you know, a conspiracy theorist. I'm telling you this as somebody who's experienced this firsthand. It's not going mm-hmm. a good direction. But what is it because of money? Just like you said. <laughs> and, and listen, I'm a business person. I love the idea of business. I love the idea of making money. I love the whole concept of it. I'm fascinated by it, but I also know that there's a healthy balance between be a good business person and run a very healthy business and you're flat out greedy now. Like I know there's a balance there. There's a line. Oh yeah. And there needs to be a balance there. Business is essential for life to continue on. It, It motivates people to make money and to provide product. Yeah. I absolutely agree. But it, there has to be a balance between wanting to do good, but also needing to make a living. Totally. I don't know if it's a mentality in America or if it's everywhere, but it's just like if you're not if you're not just making buttloads of money, then you're not doing it right. Oh, yeah. There's a huge problem with that going on right now. Something I think that's very important is that, yes, you need to make a living. Yes, you need to do good. Do both. Like there's a healthy balance there. And I even see it in corporations that will like we just have a you know having a dinner with with our neighbors and 
one of the people was talking about how they got laid off because they were making too much. And I was like, dude, that is the worst reason to fire somebody. Your employees are your greatest asset. Without your employees, you are nothing unless you're a sole proprietor. And so to fire somebody because they make too much money, that's not healthy in any way, shape or form. So when I hear stuff like that, I'm just like, okay, I'm not supporting that company. You know, forget that. Well, and that's what it all comes down to, right? Is like by me continuing to watch football, I am exercising my consumer right to do something. And that's, and that's what it all comes down to. We exercise our consumer rights to tell businesses what we like. True. But one person isn't going to make much of a difference. But I don't know if it really matters. I, you know, I think when it comes to capitalism, every single person making an independent choice needs to be how we decide what works and what doesn't. I think it'll they'll, they'll, there will come a time when football will kind of reach its its peak and then it it won't have anywhere else to go and when people realize that it's not what they thought it was it'll quickly plummet. Yeah, I But I I, I don't know, know if it's going to be 5, 10, 50 years it, but you know it'll happen. Yeah. <laughs> I've just decided that it is it's something that I enjoy doing but it can't be everything to me. Like I I have been a very hardcore football fan for a very long time. And I just realized I, I have to take a step back from it. You know, it's it's not about how much you consume. It's for me, it's entertainment. And if I'm not having fun, then why am I doing it? I'm totally. mostly frustrated <laughs> yeah. by all of the injuries and by the attitudes and the arrogance and the money. So why am I watching? I yeah. don't know. It's kind of funny because that's that's how I feel about (laughs) Star Wars is that, you know, I've heard so many complaints about Star Wars and I'm thinking you're spending so much of your life and mental energy and stress and anxiety and everything sitting here and just complaining. That's my PG word. I mean, granted, I'm not saying these people are wrong. Sometimes I've heard some very fascinating and compelling arguments for why Star Wars was not a very good decision. Or, or this this movie didn't do well and et cetera, et cetera. I still liked it. I'm still standing by that. No matter how many arguments I've heard against that, they may be right. I may agree with them, but I still enjoyed the movie. Mm-hmm. But it's the same kind of thing. And, I, and I'm not criticizing anybody that didn't like it. I'm just saying that it's it's like when I was doing Arrow Squad and I was getting so frustrated watching Arrow. Same mm-hmm. thing with you with Made of Steel and Supergirl. You kind of step back and say, is my personal life is my health, is my mental well-being worth sitting here and doing nothing but complaining about stuff all the time? Is it worth my time and my right. life? And I think whether it sucks or doesn't suck, I don't want to do this anymore. And so I was, I was just surprised about how many people were so negative on Star Wars and, and continuing to be negative. It's almost like they yeah. want to prove a point. And it goes back to what you're saying. One person can't make a difference, but I actually disagree. I think one person can make a difference. However you're one small voice in a sea of noise. And I get that. And I was thinking about this too, because talking about doing something locally for the business community and somebody was saying, well, you know, if you sit here and you try to connect to these business people, for example, and you've got these people who don't want or don't care about it. My first immediate, I mean, didn't even think twice about this response was, well, they're not our audience. And then yet I sit here with the real Brian show and I get so disheartened and frustrated when I try to encourage somebody in the right direction, because maybe they're making a poor decision or maybe they're hurting themselves or whatever the case may be. And they don't change because like you said, one person can't make a difference. 
but then it goes back to they're not my audience. You know, if people don't want to hear what I have to say, if they don't want to hear what you have to say in your life, if they don't want to hear encouragement, if they don't want to, you know, grow in their life and move forward, well then fine. They're not that person's audience and move on. So that's where I'm saying. I think one person truly can make a difference. Maybe it, it's a difference in a small group of people. Maybe it's not as big as you hope yeah. because we're not well, as loud and, you know, complainy. I'm still trying to use G words here. I want to say something <laughs> so bad. We're not being, you know what? Yeah. And it's like, because we're trying to focus people and ourselves for that matter on things that actually grow us and keep us healthy and go down the right path rather than sitting here and focusing on becoming, like you said, a cynic, which you're not, but it's easy (laughs) to go down that path. It so is. I get it. A couple things came to mind as you were talking. And one of them is alone. We can't make a difference. Like one person individually doesn't do anything. It's it's more of the the collective mindset, like you were just saying. You know, when one voice sparks another voice, that sparks another voice. You you end up having a movement, but yeah, it's true. not it's not even about movement. I mean, it's it's like it's what we've been talking about for the last several months on this podcast, and it's how do we find community? How do we establish new ways to do things that aren't all of the old things, all the just the the normal blah things and and so much of this has to do with with getting out of things that just aren't working anymore but also not but not just like getting out of them and and not doing anything but replacing it with something else something else that's healthy part of it is my family just watches football because we've always just watched football and this is kind of maybe a good segue into the game that I kind of came up with for us this week but uh, <laughs> my my family has started doing like questions we 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 usually get together on Sundays for dinner somebody will bring a question or a couple people will bring a question and we just talk about the question sometimes it's it has to do with everyone sometimes they know one person will uh will have some more insight that they're looking for but it's it's just a way to kind of spawn something new and it usually keeps people around the table a lot longer than usual because we're engaged and we're not just like talking about the weather or mm-hmm. you know Whatever, because it's so easy to just fall into those old patterns and then just do what you always do. Yeah. How many times have you been to, I mean, you probably don't have this problem, Brian, but <laughs> me <laughs> me as an introvert, you know, there there are some really hard things to do in groups of people that shouldn't be so hard to do. And, and some of them are just having conversations that go beyond the weather. I mean, it, it's <laughs> it's been negative 10 degrees for yeah. like the last month. Sure, last it's cold month. out there. And it's so easy to just talk about the weather. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's interesting to see how 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 willing people are to respond if you ask with sincerity. True. If you saw like a, a puppy drowning in in the water, would you go save it? You know, like you yeah, can't you can't yeah. just do that. It, it has to be it has to be intentional. <laughs> oh and my so, gosh! I was like outside oh and in the ice. I saw this puppy drowning because of how cold it is. That's a segue, but it that, would have right? to be true. Okay. Is that sincere or not? Yeah, exactly. It, yeah, exactly. I bring the party. I am the party. But at the same time, <laughs> there it's so funny. There are times where I seriously am like, I don't even want to get deep. I mean, that's it's yeah. so funny. Oh, it kind of yeah. goes back to last week talking with The Flash about how I really just want the show to be a lot of fun and just a lot of mm-hmm. positivity because truthfully, that is who I am. And when I go to a party like our New Year's Eve party, I didn't want to talk about anything below the surface level. I mean, like, no, let's just we're going to skate on the ice. <laughs> I don't care what's underneath. I really don't. And sometimes that's just the way it is. But then there's times where I enjoy going deep. 
depends on the mood I'm in. I don't know. That's kind of weird. So maybe we still need to do the real Brian goes deep episode. Maybe it's a video thing. But at the same time, I totally agree with you. Delving a little bit deeper on a, and you're right. The key thing on a sincere level can really be meaningful. Going deep should be fun because you're you're learning about other people. You know, it doesn't have to be deep in the in the dark sense of no, not you know, at all. Okay, so this game is something that I just found comes onto my Pinterest board. You know, and and they're just they're just deep questions that you ask each other at at dinner parties. You know, and it's just like here here's an example. I kind of gave you a, a clue to it, but you are walking down the street on your way to work. There is a dog drowning in the canal on the side of the street. Your boss has told you that if you are late even once more, you are fired. You take the time to save the dog's life. Why or why not? And I mean, on the surface, you could answer humorously. But at the same time, there are multiple layers of this that really get people thinking in different ways. Yeah. What does it mean if I won't save a dog's life? Or what does it mean if I, if I disrespect my boss? I can so tell just, you, just like, I read that question and I knew my answer immediately without even having to think about it. Did you? Yeah. Okay. What's, I would what's your answer? Absolutely save the dog's life. Hands down. No questions asked. I would go out. I would tell my boss, you know what? I know you said I would be fired, but I just saved a dog's life. I was not <laughs> about to let a dog, you know, drown and die because that would be on my conscience for the rest of my life. My character okay. is to go save a dog's life. If the boss said you're fired, I wouldn't want to work for that boss anyway. And I would be like, thank you. You freed me. Now I can go find someone who actually gives a beep and you suck by the way. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty much what I would maybe not say to those all words, but that's, you know, that, that's, that's what I would do. And I wouldn't care about getting fired at that point. Cause I, I, I've seen so many situations in life. I've experienced them. I mean, most of my bosses have been horrible. I've mm-hmm. seen so many people who just put up with the worst leadership and they don't do anything about it. And they are the most miserable people I know, or at least maybe they're not the most miserable people that I know, but it affects them whether they really know it or not. And it, it just, it eats away at them. You know, it shows on their face, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry, life's too short to be around people like that. I know you need jobs. I know money. You have, like you said earlier, you got to pay your bills. I get it. But at what expense? And honestly, most of the people that I know that put up with bad bosses, the expense is their life, their health, and usually their families. Sorry, okay, that, that was fair. like super deep and serious, but I don't know. That's just one thing I'm like, man. No, that was great. It tied well into everything that we've been talking about. And yeah. I mean, and that's exactly what it's supposed to do. It's just supposed to, because you, you're kind of thinking about yourself, but you're also kind of thinking about yourself in the context of the world. Sure. We're, we're players in a much bigger game. Yeah, totally. It's not just about us. And that goes back to what you said, you know, you sure you've got to, you know, pay your bills, but you also need to make a difference. You could live with getting fired, but could you live with letting a dog die if you had right. the chance to save it? You know what I mean? Well, see, and that's where you and I are kind of different because I, I haven't grown up with pets, so they don't hold the same sort of value to me. I really don't even know what I would do, which so- it might sound horrible, no, but I also know fair. that I, I wouldn't be late so many times that my boss would tell me I'm going to be fired. Yeah. So, see, <laughs> so that's that, why I mean, it's like, funny for me is because I usually am late even though I try not oh, to Oh, okay. See, I'm, I'm never, I try to be late to things like, you know, you, how you it's like kind of cool to be late. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm always five minutes early. Like <laughs> no matter what I do, I'm oh, always man. early. And I try so. so hard to be on time and I actually, I'm doing a lot better now. Good. A lot better. But not always. And I finally I've had to just let go because 
I've beat myself up so much for being late that it has caused massive, massive levels of anxiety. And I'm just like, you know what? There needs to be a point where it's like, you know, I'm not disrespecting the person on purpose. And if that person can't have a little grace for that, then again, I don't need to be around that person. Mm -hmm. And I know that that goes so against the people that grew up in the military or military families, you know, that that's so disrespectful. But again, it's not intentional. Yeah. If I was intentionally trying to disrespect you, oh man, you'd know. Oh, you'd know it. Yeah, you would know so much. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, give funny. me another one. Give me another one. No, now it's your turn to ask me. Oh. We we, we go back and forth. Gotcha. Asking each other deep questions. Okay. Okay. So that uh, was just like our example one, maybe. So. Okay. Now. Well, see, and I, I'm just Still. now learning this game for the very, very, very first okay. time. So. Well, I actually just totally go. made this game up. So oh, there I you go. <laughs> okay. So here, here's one. Okay. Think of the last time that you were really angry. Yeah. All right. Okay. Got it. Uh, no, hang on. Oh, oh man. Wow. Well, this is good. Actually, if you can't even think of the last time, because I honestly couldn't either. So I mean, okay. How, how deep do you want me to get? <laughs> because I, I could come up with something pretty easily that I've been really angry about, but it's just lay down on your couch right now. Kind of dark. This is story time, boys and girls. Okay. Story time. I don't want you to go. Well, should we, no, we're trying to be positive here. We're trying to be positive. Well, I don't know though. Do, do, you know, we really want to know the dark. <sighs> do you want to know the dark Emily? The dark well, ice or the light okay, ice? I'm, I'm just going to be real because this is the real miss I show. but I I, am going to put a positive spin on it because I've actually been journaling about this today. This holiday season was kind of rough just because, so this is the the second Christmas without my dad. Mm -hmm. I just get really angry for no reason that he's gone. You know, Mm -hmm. it's not even just the way he died or, you know, it's just, it's just that he's not here anymore. Yeah. When I don't address it and when I don't talk about it, it just, it festers and I just get angrier and angrier until I'm just like, there's nothing I can do about this. (laughs) I have to find peace. I have to understand the bigger context of his death, you know, and, and how it's going to motivate me moving forward. So right now in this moment, I do not feel the same way as when I was really angry, but I, I've, I felt it periodically. And the more that I address it and the more that I talk about it, the less it happens. Part of it is just biting the bullet and talking about it. (laughs) Sure. Even when you don't want to, that was the last time I was really angry. You know, it's interesting. You, you just sparked something in my brain that I was thinking about exactly what you just said from a totally different perspective. Of course, things fester like there are things that cause negative emotions. So in this case, we're talking anger, right? There are still things that cause me anger. And there was actually something that happened over the holidays, too. It's the same kind of thing, though, where. Do you talk about it? Because when you talk about it, it's going to come out so freaking, you know, raging basically, right? Because you're in the moment of emotion and you're trying to process through it. And I think, you know, the people that you know the most that you can trust, they're going to know that, you know, you're not flying off the handle. You're not going postal. You're trying to figure this out. Mm -hmm. But the people that don't know you that well are going to actually legitimately freak out. Because they're going, whoa, I think this person's going to attack me. You're like, no, 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 hold on. (laughs) But you're, you know, it goes back to what you just said. If you don't talk through it, then what's going to happen? It's going to keep getting worse, right? Yeah. It just exacerbates the problem. So I feel like there needs to be a trusted, you know, circle, the inner circle of trust here, Mm -hmm. you know, that we have to (laughs) sit down with and we have to, you know, regardless. And you just need to say, listen, 
I'm at a really, really tough place right now. Can you listen to me? Can you, you know, can I call you or can we talk through this or whatever? There needs to be someone around there, uh, a few people around you that you can just do that with and not be afraid to do that with because that person's going to understand what you're going through or at least somewhat of of an understanding, right? And they're not going to judge you and they're not going to think you're, you know, going off on, on some, you know, like shooting rampage or something like that. And they're going to listen to you. They're going to say, okay, let's, let's work through this. Let's figure this out. Let's get to a place where you feel you can breathe and you can move on. Right. I've actually been calling that sort of person a, a tether. When you get high on an emotion, whether it's anger or whatever, you can, you can just drift away from everything. Totally. And a tether is so powerful because they either remind you of reality or they, they speak wisdom or truth into your life where you are severely lacking it. And they always bring you back. Yeah. And it's so important to have one of those and to keep looking for them, even if even if one person you thought was your tether doesn't end up being a tether. You know, it's it's so important to keep looking for that because without looking for one, you're never going to be tethered. Totally. And it's okay to have a few. Yes. You know, it doesn't oh, have to be one it's, person. It's even better to have a few. Yeah. I mean, come on. Like, does if if I went to the same person every single time I got really angry, they would kind of be like, okay, we're back here again. We're doing this again. And well, and maybe that's though. more a reflection of how I feel about my own anger is that it's mm-hmm. so cyclical and that I, I don't feel like <laughs> like sure. I'm getting over it. But I but I am. But it, it takes time to it get totally through does. all of these things. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think but, there's something to be said about, you know, people go, oh, why haven't you gotten over that yet? Like I was actually, I'm not going to mention names here because I, I don't want anything to get tracked back, but I was having a conversation with, you know, someone who was in the military and had, you know, current levels of PTSD, not from the military, but from other things. I have PTSD. It's much better now, but he and I were talking about it. We were having a great discussion and the other person in the room said, well, why don't you just get over it? And I was just like, oh my gosh. Then again, I had to step back and say, let's be fair. This person had no clue what it was like to deal with PTSD. That was a mm-hmm. completely naive, you know, statement. It came across as super hurtful and disrespectful, but that wasn't the intention. The intention was, well, why don't you just stop doing it? Well, yeah. it doesn't work that way. It takes a long time. And in fact, from what I understand, PTSD can maybe never go away. You can learn to manage it far better, in which case, you know, it doesn't affect you nearly as much or even maybe not at all, but it doesn't ever necessarily go away sometimes. So I think there is the there has to be the level of understanding and grace that this kind of stuff may take a lifetime. Yeah. You just learn how to manage through it better. Yeah. And sometimes it'll feel cyclical. Sometimes it'll feel like you're back to where you started, but really you're you're a different person day to day. And so the things that you deal with are going to be different. I think the key, though, is there has to be growth, even if it's a minute percentage there still needs to be some level of growth because it, once you become stagnant, that's a, that's a, you know, that's a big concern, right? Yeah. And that should be a big concern, but even if it's the smallest, smallest fraction of a growth that nobody can even see, even if there's just a little bit of growth, that's really (laughs) all that ever matters. It's such a subjective measurement. It has to come from inside of yourself and something that you just keep motivating yourself toward. Yeah. Oh yeah, exactly. And, anyway. and, and sometimes you're not going to feel motivated. So I want right. to shout out to Scarlet Synapse. You know, she was on the Christmas episode. I'm not going to go into details at all, but she is one of the most positive people. In fact, it was so funny. I was getting a string of text responses to last week's episode, which I really appreciated. And she's like, wow, you need more positive people in your life. Like me. I bring the positivity. We should be friends. You know, it was really funny. So, 
But then, you know, she sent a very real like, here, here's what I'm going through. I'm dealing with some stuff right now, having a tough time. Mm-hmm. And that was something I really appreciated because it was a this is the real me, the positive. You know, this is who this is my best self right here. But that doesn't mean I'm not going to deal with crap. And I need somebody to deal you know, with the crap with me to journey yeah. with me to help me through it. Because again, it goes back to what you said. If you can't, what is it? One person alone can't make a difference. Well, that's the same kind of thing. If you're going through crap and you're alone, Mm -hmm. you're never Mm going to make a difference with your crap, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I applaud you for continuing to move forward. No matter how long it takes, no matter how hard it is, because that's, that's the test of courage and growth is deciding to move forward somehow. Yeah. You know, and of course, it's never going to be perfect. You're going to mess up. You're going to go stagnant sometimes. It's not going to be easy, of course. Right. Yeah. But the person who says I'm going (laughs) to shove it under the rug and pretend it doesn't exist. That's that's not good. There's a there's an old saying that just says twixt truth and madness lies, but a sliver of a string. Hmm. And and I love it because it's just like, you know, if if you let yourself go for just a second, you could totally lose yourself. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And you might think that it's a little over emphatic, but it's really not. I mean, if you, if you stop paying attention and just let yourself go, nothing good happens. Yeah. So I'm like, part of it is just staying in the moment and staying in the present and looking ahead because so, I mean, I I've talked about personality tests on the show before and just like how much of my life up until my dad died was spent like building off of things that have happened in the past, you know, like, stabilizing systems and and using history in order to inform the present and i have had to take a a significant step away from that and start looking a lot more toward the future just to avoid some of the the ways that that stops me now if that makes any sense totally you know it's so funny i was just producing an episode today you know daphne scott who was on the show yeah yeah she uh told you to take the enneagram is that right yeah yeah Great, great person. I love, love working with her, but she said something on her episode. It was kind of funny because it's exactly what you just said. The only time that you should ever spend time in the past is to learn something from it and then move on. Period. She said most people spend too much time in the past, which turns into remorse, regret, disappointment, despair. I mean, nothing positive. So you Mm -hmm. learn from the moment you move on and you never revisit that again. Yeah. And I was just like, wow, smack right in the face because I, I am very guilty of doing that and yeah, yeah. i would agree it's Nothing hugely convicting it. yeah. yeah it's never yeah. healthy so you learn you move on yeah all right freedom okay brian i've got one for you okay when was the last time you told someone honestly how you felt regardless of how ho- difficult it was for you to say who was it and what did you have to tell that person See, this is really interesting because i looked at this question earlier and i'm like i don't remember <laughs> oh really yeah. i know i've done this I mean, it, and it doesn't have to be like an I love you, but it could just be like, oh, yeah. this is actually how I feel. Yeah, no, totally. And and I, I've had a lot of these conversations, but it goes back to what I just said as I try to forget those moments. Okay. I mean, unless it's positive, right? Then it's like, oh, that's yeah. really cool. But you know how you go to somebody and you say, okay, I need to. Well, okay. So, okay. I can talk about one that happened a while ago, um, but I won't, I don't want to mention names out of respect no, for the person, but it didn't end well. <sighs> I'm trying to say this so generally because I really don't want to offend the person. I was told that if I needed to say something honestly to that person, that it would be a safe place and I would, it would be received well. Okay. So finally, after all these years of being frustrated by this action, I decided to bring it up. 
here's what's going on. Here's how it's affecting me, but also trying to say, I really do understand like why it's happening. You know, I'm not trying to judge or anything and I'm not downplaying anything. It wasn't received well. It wasn't even received correctly at all, actually. And it resulted in the loss of that friendship. Mm-hmm. It sucks. And I tried to salvage it and tried to say, no, 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 that's not what I'm saying. You know, communication is really hard sometimes. And I tried to express, no, 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 that, that, that's not what I was saying. That's not at all. I don't know where we're going here, but this is not what I was starting this whole thing with. And it just went down a whole path that didn't even like, it wasn't even what I said in the first place, hmm. but that person legitimately believed that I was out to hurt them. So, so one aspect of that is it took several years for you to be honest about that because I was afraid that what happened would happen. Uh huh. Okay. Yep. Interesting. But when they told me, don't worry, anything you say, it's a safe place. It'll be received. Well, I thought, okay, I can do this now. And it wasn't a safe place and it wasn't received. Well, it wasn't even, yeah. like I said, it wasn't even received correctly. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Cause like one of the, one of the most difficult things about being a, uh, a producer of something creative. I don't know what the term for that would be. I mean, it doesn't even have to be creative. It, Anybody that produces anything has to learn how to delineate criticism from critique. Mm. And there is constructive criticism. Sure. It's it's really hard to take criticism on something that you've spent a lot of time doing, whether that's building a business or even like, you know, writing a book, you know, or or writing anything, you know, having somebody feed into that and and one of the things I had to learn really early on in creative writing courses is that the people who are reading my material are going to tell me what they think, whether or not I'm, I want to hear it. So it's it's up to me to choose to take truth from what they've told me and apply it to what I know or to just kind of like wallow in the sadness that they didn't think everything I did was completely perfect. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and it's kind of part of it is like developing a tough skin, but it's also just like being confident in what you've produced so that you you have an idea like a, a a real idea of what you've done and then allowing other people to speak into that and provide some of that feedback. I mean, it is a lot harder than people would ever realize to to be in that position where you've you've done something, you've built something up and then receive criticism like they people will say oh yeah you, you, can, you can tell me anything it'll be good it'll be good and then you you say what what's on your, your mind and they're like i hate you yeah yeah <laughs> i mean that's totally happened to me before yeah well let's talk about us because you know we can get deep about the two of us here you and i yeah yeah so like <laughs> this will be fun <laughs> don't worry it's okay, gonna be do fun. we have enough time for this because i think we're <laughs> no, no, we're, we're gonna, already at the hour mark. <laughs> I know, we're, we're, we're gonna do this really quick and then we're gonna end with some fun stuff okay. so don't worry about okay, that yeah sure, sure, sure. no no but i think it's interesting because you know it, it's funny that you asked this question and i just now thought of it I, I wasn't even thinking about this but going back to what you were talking about you know with what you're dealing with finding a safe person to confide in with you know dealing with the loss of your dad and stuff like that mm-hmm. you and i used to talk about that a lot I don't even remember what it was because, again, I try to put these things out of my mind because, again, it doesn't do us any good to dwell on those things of the past, right? I said something to you and you didn't take it well. Everything I try to do is an encouragement, mm-hmm. but once again, it didn't it didn't come across that way. You know, it came across as a criticism, which, of course, like you said, nobody likes to be criticized. And we had a little bit of a falling out for a time. It was very interesting. But one thing that I think, well, actually, there were a few things that I learned from that because this goes back to this what you were just saying. And also the, the last two questions I learned one, uh, you mentioned that you weren't telling me everything 
So like you were telling me the struggles, but you weren't necessarily telling me the positives mm-hmm. at the time. So I didn't know the good stuff that was going on. And so all I knew was all oh, every, everything sucks right now. Like, we you know, so I'm going, oh, crap, Emily's dying. We got to save her. So that was my motivation. Right. But then later you're yep. like, well, no, actually, here's what's going on. And I went, oh, actually, it's not as bad as I thought it was. Right. Yeah. Didn't know that at the time. That was a communication breakdown. No blame. It's just the way it is. And then something that I've really worked hard on because of what I've been through. And this is very, very difficult because sometimes when you see something and this goes back to something I mentioned earlier on the show today, you want to encourage someone like you deeply want to help someone because you hate seeing them go through pain, right? There are a few people in my life like that. There are a few people in all of our lives like that really hate watching them go through pain. And so you just want to help them, even if it gives them a glimmer of hope. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you say that really fast. Oh my gosh, I just want to help you and blah, blah, blah. Here, here, here's what I think, or here's my thoughts. Right. And it doesn't always get received well or that way. And it gets received in a way that's criticizing. And in the moment of pain, it's not the right time. Maybe it wasn't even the right thing to say. I'm going to say this again. I had somebody say this in the past for somebody who perceives things or sees what's going on, you know, around you. You can say something to that person right away. The second thing is you don't say anything right away, but you kind of step back, you think through it and you kind of figure out, you know, should I tell this person at some point or, or should I just sort of, you know, encourage that person without words, but, you know, moving forward through action and stuff like that. The third thing is you never say anything to that person whatsoever, but you know what not to do personally in your own life. Like you just kind of, oh, I've learned a lesson, but I don't need to tell this person that's not, it's going to do more harm than good. Right. And usually I take the, I just need to tell this person option and sometimes I shouldn't. Oh yeah. So those are some things that I've learned in the past through that. And again, this goes back to when you're angry, do you say something right away? You know, can you really truly trust the person? Can you, you know, so like you're venting to me personally, let's just use that as an example. You're venting to me. You're angry. You're trying to work through it. Sometimes I I really should just listen and that's it. Right. Mm -hmm. But then going back to, you know, telling somebody how you honestly feel, sometimes it's okay to do that. But again, it has to be the right timing. There needs to be a level of communication. Clarification, I think is a big one too. And I've done this too. Easily you jump to conclusions and you say, oh my gosh, that person's an idiot. And you just walk away from that person without clarifying. Well, one of the biggest disadvantages that you and I have, and probably you with a lot of these people that you've had this issue with, is that we don't live in the same city. I know, so you can't do face-to-face So face we thing. only know what we tell each other. And yeah. if I'm only telling you one side of the story, there's no possible way for you to know anything else. I mean, unless you were stalking me or, you know, calling my mother. But, <laughs> but <laughs> who, like, who so they're- call they're, your mom? I know, I mean, everybody, everybody calls my mom. She's just so friendly. Her, she, oh, you got to know. Oh, so, so she named her, her Wi-Fi Mama Ice. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I love it. I was like, oh, mom. Anyway, carrying on. Uh, part of it is communication in that in order for to elicit the, the, the response that you want from someone, you have to like know that you have all the information. A lot of times people just won't give you everything that you need to know before you say something. And that's just that's just how life is. I mean, even if we lived in the same city, you know, you, you would encounter that problem. Oh, yeah. Well, but, going back to that other person I was telling you about. There mm-hmm. was a whole host of things that were laid on me that I had no clue about. Yeah. But it actually didn't. Would it have mattered? No. However, it gave a little bit more to an explanation as to why I received the response 
or the reaction that I got. If I had to go back in time sort of thing, would I have then approached that having known those things? Um, maybe, but with a totally different approach, right? So right. you're well, right. You'd have, a, you'd have a different expectation of the result. Totally. But and I, that, and that changes everything. And I do live in the same community as that person. And we were in person with them all the time yep. and it still didn't matter. And, and sometimes you, you won't be able to help anything, but there's honesty, but then there's also like consistent honesty where you're not just telling people what you think when the time is right, but always being a, a person who is candid about what's going on and not just like saying you're okay, but you're not actually okay, which is something that we love to do as a society. How are you? I'm fine. Oh yeah. You know, it's not like, Oh, I'm terrible. Everything is awful today, you know, but it's, but it's just like, just, I don't know. It's, it's a, it's a more holistic approach to being honest rather than just being honest when, when it'll get you something or, you know, like when, when you're too fed up or when it's been going on for long enough, you know, it's, Maybe that's a conversation for another time, but there's there's a communication aspect to that where it's not just honesty; it's about like a holistic approach to honesty. So I think and that, we don't really adopt that. No, and I think that actually now that now that we're talking through this, I think there's one cause for all of this. One. One cause. Okay, play pride. it on me. Pride. Pride. Yep. <gasps> now here's the thing, though. It, let's say this. Let's say you know, in our situation, for example, in our communication. Uh, actually, in the other person's communication, too, this was both a thing. You were in a hurting place and this other person was in a hurting place. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't necessarily matter where the hurt come, you know, what, what the root cause is, if it's hurt or if it's whatever, right? Or anger, or, it doesn't matter. There's something that's going on there that's unfortunate, right? And that is a very uh, vulnerable place to be in, I think, is the the key here. Yeah. So when you quote, let down your walls and allow somebody to speak into your life, blah, 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 you know, you trust this person, they say something you don't want to hear right in that moment. And again, this goes back to what I was saying. Maybe that shouldn't have been said in that moment. Maybe it was the wrong timing or maybe it was even the wrong thing to say, right? It depends on, it depends on the situation. But I think that most of the time, and I've, again, I've done this myself, so I'm not, I'm not targeting you or this person or anybody. This is like any of us. I think when we respond with like somebody tells us something and we don't respond well, I think it is literally, literally, literally pride that speaks rather than saying, Ooh, I didn't want to hear that. uh, That hurts. Let me clarify and let's try to work through this and make sure we're on the same page. I know I've done this. I've villainized people and they've villainized me as that person is trying to hurt me or I was trying to hurt that person. And it's like, but is that really true? Because like I said earlier, if I was going to be disrespectful to you, you'd know it, right? <laughs> so was I really trying to hurt someone? Was I, you know, well, were they really trying to hurt me? And it's hard to even think that question in the moment. That That's a little double-sided too, because at the same time, if you, if you tell someone something and they weren't ready to hear it, is it pride on your part for thinking exactly. that they needed to hear it? Exactly. So, no, exactly. so yeah, so I, yeah. I would agree with that. Yeah. I would, because it like part of it is somebody is hurting and they're not going to listen and so either they think they know better or they don't want to know better and that that is pride but it's also pride that comes from grief or comes from another pain on the other side of that trying to speak into that person's life when they're not ready to hear it is a different form of pride as well and i mean so so i i yeah i can i can get on board with that yeah obviously i mentioned this last week you know dealing with the whole sciatic pain and stuff like that i mean i'm no stranger to pain 
And I know a lot of other people who are dealing with pain for different reasons. And it's kind of actually staggering how many people I know are in pain and it's sad. And it's like, I wish it weren't this way, but there's something that I consistently hear because usually, and and I've experienced this, but I've adopted an attitude of let people tell me what they think I should do because maybe somebody has something great to say. You know, I didn't (laughs) used to be that way. Um, Wow. Yeah, I was going to say. And I know most people are certainly not that way at all. But usually I walk up and they're like, how are you? Good. And oh, why are you limping or whatever? Oh, I'm in a lot of pain. Well, have you tried? Like, that's the (laughs) first thing people say, right? Yeah. And almost everybody I know hates that. You know, oh, I'm dealing with this. Well, have you tried? Don't, you know, and they just want to rip that person's skull off. And oh my gosh, you know, I hate this. And I hate when people tell me what to do. Well, I, I agree. I don't like when people tell me what to do either, but nobody has ever told me like they don't go and say, Brian, you need to do this or else. Yeah. They've said, well, have you tried this? It's not like you're the first person with sciatic pain. Somebody else has got to have a way to manage that pain. So exactly. if but, you happen to run across someone who has a different experience with pain medication or something, then yeah, you well, don't want to, you don't want to like stop them from talking. <laughs> and I know for sure that that person is not pridefully trying to tell me what to do. Now, maybe, okay, maybe someone was, and I have dealt with situations in the past where somebody was pridefully trying to, you know, show me how much better they were and, you know, well, this is what you should do. Oh yeah. And they're out there and I get that. But most of the people are not like that. Most of the time they're just trying to be helpful. And I know I've done this before again, that when I say, oh yeah, whatever, I'm being prideful. Totally. Because I'm like, I don't want to hear it. But what I've had to challenge myself to do, and again, this is this wasn't overnight. This took a long time, many, many years, yeah. is to say, you know what? Let them tell me. Let them suggest stuff, and I will listen, and I will try anything because I need to have an open mind to trying different options because the traditional options aren't working. So let's try some different things. Let's see what helps, and maybe it'll make me healthier in the long run. You know, like one yeah. of the things I've done, and yeah. I mentioned this last week too, was eating healthier. I don't necessarily see a correlation between I'm feeling better and, you know, eating healthier yet, but in the long run, Oh man, is that going to make a difference? And I know it. So I'm, I'm okay with that. So I'm looking at options here. I'm trying to look for things that aren't black and white because nobody's black and white and everybody's different. Anyway, I guess my whole point is, is that you're, you're exactly right that, you know, when somebody's trying to suggest to you something, I would say most of the time they're probably not being prideful, but then there are times where they are, um, yeah. or they're like you said, being honest. So you're right. It goes both ways. Yeah. Let's just do a really fun, fast one really quick. I'm going to, no, it's my turn. <laughs> I think it is your turn. Oh crap. <laughs> All, right. All right. This one's on kind me. of funny. I actually like this question. Which okay. would you choose true love with the guarantee of a broken heart or never love it all? And why? Oh, you know, this is well, why you should love animals because <laughs> this wouldn't apply. <laughs> you know, that's a that's a really interesting question, because before my dad died, I would have said I would never want to love at all. But being able to know and love my dad makes the memory of him more precious to me. And I don't know if a broken heart means losing someone in death or if it means like somebody's hurt you entirely. But but I think there is something about love and experiencing love that is absolutely essential to making us better people. Love makes us strive for things that wouldn't be striven after. Is that a word? Striven? <laughs> I'm making it up it right now. now. It, we, we wouldn't we wouldn't strive striven. after things if we didn't love. Yep. And I think I have changed my mind in that I would I would choose true love with a guarantee of a broken heart, knowing 
that I would get my heart broken. You know what's interesting about this question? Hmm. I don't think any of us have a choice. Oh, I don't think so either. I think no matter what, we'll all experience true love. I think we will all have it. And I think we will all have a broken heart no matter what because, yeah. well, you just said we it. live in an imperfect world. Yeah. And it's either somebody will hurt you or somebody will die. And I don't know if you know this, Brian, <laughs> little known fact, the death rate amongst humans is 100%. Really? I know. It's crazy, oh isn't gosh. it? I know. That's shocking. We really got to do something about that. Yeah. Well, I mean, you can actually look for like early warning signs of death. Like what? I think, I think one of them is like rigor mortis. I think okay. number two is like a slight rotting smell. Uh, and number three is like, this, this um, is supposed to prevent death. No, well, it's just early warning signs of death. And the third one is like oh, occasional oh, drowsiness, you know, while like driving or operating death. heavy machinery okay. or something like that. Yeah. So you just okay. want to be careful. So just I FYI. And become death. Okay. Interesting. interesting. Well, 100%. Martin, 100%. Wow, I know. Man. Cynicism. I, I think that's our, <laughs> that's our encouragement for the week. Wait, everyone um, dies. <laughs> <laughs> Not everyone really lives. Oh, my God. Uh, no, I, I, I would agree with you wholeheartedly on that one. I think never loving at all, I think would be emptiness i don't even think yeah. you could well first of all i don't think there's such thing on this earth i don't think anyone can not love or experience it i think there can be people who experience it significantly less than others and that is a i mean you hear those situations but i don't think there's any such thing as truly never no love whatsoever yeah i don't think anybody really truly can comprehend what that means people will try to stay away from it but it it ends up finding you mm-hmm. in different ways and maybe it's not a person maybe it's a dog Maybe it's an animal. Maybe yeah. it's gambling. No, I'm just kidding. Maybe it's gaming. But yeah. To cap off that little cynicism that I left with at the end there, I think the encouragement from our discussion today is that we all deal with crap. Totally. And everything about life is so much harder when you shut yourself away. But it takes a lot of willpower and a lot of just like, you have to be personally motivated to find someone to tether you to the world. You shouldn't be disheartened if if someone doesn't turn out to be a great tether. Just keep looking because there are people out there who are compatible with you. So just keep looking. That's and my encouragement. Maybe that person comes around or maybe, yeah. you know what I mean? You never know. Yeah. And it's and like what's more important is that you stay true to yourself without having to do it at someone else's expense. And that's the only way we're going to get over these hurdles that we see in humanity where people are taking advantage of each other or money is the objective, you know, care about one other person every day and it'll change your life. <laughs> you know, this really is the real Miss Ice show because you just brought this whole episode full circle. I mean, you led this whole, <laughs> I just sat back and enjoyed the ride. <laughs> Whatever, man. <laughs> I'm not oh, kidding. Oh, okay. So I, had to, I have to tell you one more thing. Yeah. On my way home from work today, I drove past uh, Super America, which is a gas station here in Minnesota. It didn't have a full tech, you know, like how they put up those words underneath how much gas is, you know. Do you know what I'm talking about? They, they just like put up letters that form yeah. uh, an ad or oh, whatever. Oh, like unleaded. Or, yeah, oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It had M-S-S space, 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 C-E-E. <laughs> I was like, Miss Ice. <laughs> 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 it was just missing like yes! an eye. There was just missing two, two eyes. eyes. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. It was so, I should have taken a picture, but it was so dark. You wouldn't have been able to see. Oh. But I felt like tonight was our night, man. And it was. Yeah. This was fun. It was fun. I really enjoyed it. 
You know what the music Well, thanks means. for letting me take over. Yes, I appreciate you taking I'm- over because it made this episode <laughs> even better. The show is now better because of you. Aw. Yeah. All right. Thank you. And thank you for writing all the blog posts. They're so awesome. Oh, absolutely. And I wish I had a working coffee roaster to reward you greatly, but... You know, that's I'll, okay. I'll figure something else later. All right. <laughs> RealBrianShow.com, show notes and everything, and have a glorious week. This is The Real Brian Show signing off. The Real Brian Show is a production of 514 Media at 514MediaEmpire.com.